Okay, so as we continue tonight with that understanding of Sunday's message, you know, we looked at this area of the 10 versions, right? And, and so why don't we take a look on the concept of, of another parable? Now, there's two different uh, presentations or viewpoints on this. We have it out of the book of Matthew, and we also have it out of the book of Luke. Now, the one in Luke deals with a the great feast, the great wedding feast. And so it's not particularly the same as the parable of the wedding feast in Matthew. So with that, amen, we're going to take a look at that, and uh, hopefully we can get somewhere to that uh, with that, amen. Once again, as a reminder, Spotify podcast activating number 41. With that being said, we know that in Luke chapter 14, which is the great feast, um, or considered the great banquet, the parable of the great banquet is the account of Luke. We're going to look tonight, amen, in Matthew chapter 22. And Jesus begins to tell about this wedding feast. And I want you to understand that there's a lot going on in these two banquets. But if we could just kind of uh, make an overview synopsis of this, amen, it's really dealing with uh, our free will to choose our own way or God's way. And so when you look at that, amen, we are challenged. And I just really want to press this even more uh, as we continue to look in the areas of what our response is supposed to be to God. What is our response supposed to be in regards to our salvation in God through Jesus Christ? Now, many times I think we get caught up where I believe, and I've seen throughout the years, we get caught up in this thing of this merciful Heavenly Father. And we get that convoluted with the actions of the love that we have through Jesus Christ, who gave his life on the cross for you and I, and in the Holy Spirit, amen, sometimes we just tend to disregard uh, that threefold of God's deity, in which we do not talk to the Holy Spirit, we are not in communication uh, through the Holy Spirit, and so therefore we miss discernment, uh, we lack conviction, and so forth and so on. So let's take a look at this, amen, because God doesn't play. And I know a lot of times we say that God is very patient. It's, not, uh, you know, really, it, it's the, the tolerance that, that Jesus has for you and I. It's not God that tarries, it's Jesus. God's not coming back in the form of the Father, the Creator. He, he's coming back in the form of His Son, Jesus Christ, who is the Savior and the Redeemer. And so when we look at this, amen, Jesus tells of this parable uh, or wedding feast, amen, in Matthew 22, verses 14, uh, 1 through verses 14. And so the Bible says, and again, Jesus spoke to them in the parables, saying, the kingdom of heaven is uh, may be compared to a king who gives a wedding feast for his son. Now that son is referencing Jesus Christ. So God the Father, amen, is giving this wedding for his son, Jesus. Now we know that because we talked about the, the bridegroom and the, and, the, and the bride and the five, you know, five versions that were ready and prepared and the five that weren't. It says in verse three, and he sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. 
They would not come. And verse four, and again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatted calves and have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. In verse five, but they paid no attention and went off one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully and killed them. Verse 7, the king was very angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their cities. Verse 8, then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. Verse 10, and those servants went out to the, into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king had come in, he looked at the guests and he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to this man, amen, friend, how did you uh, get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Verse 13, then the king said to him or to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. And we look at this, amen, in depthly, amen. We know that this is an eternal judgment reference, amen, to being cast out into outer darkness. And in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We understand that, amen, as an eternal final destination for those who have been called and have not been chosen. Now, to understand this, amen, we must understand the customary understanding of what, a, how a wedding or the process of a wedding feast or that celebratory time when a man and woman were coming together to be husband and wife. I want you to understand this. There is a distinction between Matthew 22 and the wedding feast, the parable of the wedding feast, and Luke chapter 14, which we'll study on Sunday a bit, amen, that will launch us into, amen, the wineskin, the fasting and wedding feast, and so forth and so on. And the parable, amen, although it's similar, but it is the parable of the great banquet, and in the occasion is different. And in some, amen, they have some important uh, uh, distinctions, amen. So, in other words, to be able to understand the two differences, we have to understand, I mean, amen, how weddings were taking place during Jesus' day. In the Jewish society, the parents of the betrothed generally drew up the marriage contract. So, in other words, the father and the mother of the of the of the bride would draw up the marriage con uh, contract, and the bride and groom would meet, perhaps sometimes for the very first time. And when this uh, contract was signed, the couple was actually considered married in that moment. Now, even though they were uh, considered married at that point, uh, they would be separated until the actual time of the actual official ceremony. And then the bride would go home and remain with the parents. And the groom would then leave. And would go to prepare their home. I want you to catch this. Uh, you you got to understand this, amen. Listen to what is being understood in this 
ceremonial time of weddings in Jesus's moment. God, amen, wrote the contract. How did he write the contract? Well, the very first contract in the Old Testament is that God, amen, crossed over the slain and the fatted and, and the prepared calf and oxen and so forth with Abraham. Now he put Abraham into a deep sleep. And when Abraham was asleep, Jesus, uh, God crossed over the entrains of these animals and he made a covenant, which is a contract, a covenant, which is a contract with Abraham. Now in the second part of our existence with God and his process, he then writes another contract, which is the new covenant that comes which through is Jesus Christ. And that same blood, like in the Old Testament, the sacrifice of animals, now there is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And in that blood, Jesus, amen, is that contract. No one comes to the Father except through his Son. What beauty. And I want you to understand this. When Jesus dies and he begins to prepare his the, the, the preparation, he tells his disciples, amen, where I go, you cannot go with me. But where I go, I prepare a place for you. For in my father's house are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't tell you, but I prepare a place for you. I want you to listen to that and understand this. The bridegroom or the groom would then leave as the bride is now staying with mom and dad. The Bible says, or, or the understanding of the biblical understanding of Jewish uh, weddings during Jesus' time, it says they would separate, amen, and the, and the bride would remain with the parents, and the groom would leave to prepare their home. You got to catch that. In Jesus' day, the, the, the bride would stay with the parents, and the groom would leave to go build the house or prepare their house. This could take quite a while. This could take quite a while, whether they were getting land and building a house. And when the home was actually all ready, the groom would then return for his bride without notice. He didn't have to call and make an appointment. He didn't have to give them a heads up and say, hey, I'm coming back. The pad is ready. Mikasa is ready for you. Amen. No, he would go and take care of business. He'd build the house. He'd prepare the home, whether it was from the ground up or a piece of land, whatever it was, and he would prepare their home. And while it would take a quite a while, and this is what the importance is, you know, especially when you're dealing with uh, dating and engagements and everything else, this wasn't something that just automatically happened. You know, this is some sometimes the, the, the difficulties in the millennials, amen, or uh, the ending of Generation X and going into the millennials and so forth and so on. You know, we don't wait, amen. Now people are just moving in with each other and they're not being married. Sometimes there's a movement of, 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 of young generations, amen, that do not even think that they need to be married, amen. They just, you know, it's just a piece of paper. No, it's a contract. It's a covenant. And the parents would sign that contract, amen. And so I want you to understand this, that when the house was ready, he would come back without notice. And then he would take to his wife and then the marriage ceremony would then take place and the wedding banquet would follow. I want you to take this. The marriage ceremony would take place and then the wedding banquet would follow. That's why there's two differences in Matthew 22 and Luke 14. 
Now, in this, amen, I want you to understand, amen, that, you know, well, I'll share this for a little bit later on, amen, but, I, you know, this, tonight, amen, I, when you kind of think about this, amen, you know, even like in my own personal family, uh, I try to explain, like, you know, to my daughter, amen, you know, that you got to wait, you got to wait on God, amen, it's, you know, the parents sign that contract, it's not really you, you make the choice to get married, and I understand that some of these arranged marriages were in that time, Amen. But but that just meant, amen, the people prayed, amen, for God's direction. And 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 the parents, amen, that were godly. You know, they were all rooted and booted and suited, amen, in a way of belief in God. Amen. It wasn't like today, you know. Uh, and you gotta understand that the 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 in the mainstream of life, we have been interweaned and intertwined, uh, you know with each other amen and that's why there's importance where paul comes out and says you know you are not of this world and and he begins to tell uh timothy you know young timothy in second timothy chapter two amen a good uh, servant of the lord a good soldier in the lord amen does not entangle himself with the affairs of this world today we are just so uh interwined amen with godliness and ungodliness light and darkness and some of sometimes amen it is like the dimming of light, amen. We're not in full darkness, but we're not in actual uh, full white blazing light, amen. And so there is that gray dim area in who we are in society, society today. And so when we think about this, amen, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, 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 would happen in my life, and I try to tell this like, like to my daughter, and you know, I explain this to other uh, people getting married and when they come to counseling i tell them listen i understand people look and say hey you know pastor ray but you my 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 daughter would say but yeah dad you and mom you guys met and then you know uh talked on the phone for 30 days and then uh, you guys kind of met and then went your own way and then came back again and and then within 40 days you know you guys were married 45 days you guys were married and then look what the lord did but what what sometimes is misunderstood in that amen you see the glory but you don't understand the story and i would tell my daughter that you're looking at the glory of how it it, it unraveled amen and came to be amen yes we met on the phone we talked for 30 days and, and then you know and then we, we we met and then we had a little fallout amen and, and then and then we got back to you know meeting again uh, another two weeks later and then god just moved rapidly and then 45 days later we we're married and so, but but see what my uh, my daughter tends to forget, and that I received, Amen. What God had for me, there's a testimony, Amen, and and being prepared for this, Amen. Because when I went out, Amen, uh, to join the military and serve in the first uh, uh, Gulf War, Amen, and the evacuation of Kuwait and uh, and, and Desert Storm, uh, I had a commission from God. God had spoken to me and showed me, amen, some, some dinlineal signs and confirmations in which I would then know who that woman would be, not because he chose her, but because he had a plan. And this young lady, amen, uh, would eventually become to be 24 years old when I met her, which is Claudia, my beloved wife and bride, amen. But God already knew her and he's seen everything. She, so he had been preparing, amen, situations, amen, so that when we did come together, his glory would shine forth. But here's where my daughter and, and many others get this convoluted, amen, and confused that for seven years, amen, in celibacy, 
not dating anyone, not having uh, uh, sex before marriage, being pure in holiness uh, and, and abstinent, amen, uh, uh, that, that there was a preparation of the home for that marriage. There was a preparation for that home and that marriage. That, that preparation of the initial home was me as the temple of God, amen? So I dedicated my life, amen, trying to get right with God and trying to live in his righteousness. I got the call before the woman. Come on, somebody. I got the commission be, be, before the mission, or I got the mission before the commission, or whatever way you want to look at it. Commission like the reward of the mission. Get what I'm saying? But whatever it is, amen, God gave me the assignments, amen, and I went forth, not even knowing what that outcome of that obedience would be. And so I prepared the temple of God, me as his servant being that temple. And so I, I transformed my way of thinking. I, 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 I started to uh, desire nothing but righteousness and, and trying to uh, deny sin and everything else in my life. I wasn't perfect at it, but man, I'll tell you what, I got up every day and I fought through those things. Can you say amen? And so in that, amen, I was preparing that home. And when the home was ready... I came to get my wife. You get what I'm saying? And so uh, I'll try to make some smaller segments of this so that you guys can uh, follow along and understand in detail. So in that, this bridegroom separates himself, goes and prepares the home, and then he comes back, takes his bride, and then there's the marriage ceremony, and then there's the banquet. And the wedding banquet was one of the most joyous occasions in Jewish life, and it could last for up to about a week. Amen. In his parable, Jesus compares heaven to a wedding banquet, amen, that a king has prepared for his son. But the people that had been invited, and when it time came for, the, for that banquet, amen, the table was set, and those who were invited refused, in verses 4 and 5 of Matthew 22, refused to come. In fact, the king's servants who brought the joyous message were mistreated and even killed, amen, because of their follow-up on that invitation, on their follow-up on that invitation. It wasn't the fact that they could not come. It was the fact, amen, that they would not come. And so in this, amen, we understand that in, in Luke chapter 14, they begin to make excuses. And we're going to look at that, amen, on Sunday. But if you can kind of just get the foundation tonight, amen, what was their issue? What was their, what was delaying them? What was uh, their, their obstacle? And I want you to understand that in today's society, we say things like, I can't go to church today because I'm too busy. I can't come to church and come to fellowship and worship or be the church as for those uh, that, that I want to serve and help and be a blessing to because uh, I have to work overtime or my job is requiring me or my, my wife wants me at home and so forth and so on. And all these other things, amen. It's not that you cannot come, you would not come. This is what happens with them. It's not that they could not come. It's that they chose that they would not come because they refused to come. The king was enraged at their response of those who had been invited, and he sent his army to avenge, amen, uh, the death of his servants, amen. We know that he then sent that invitation to anyone his servants could find 
And we understand that because the Bible teaches us, amen, these are the representation of the Jews. He came for his people. They rejected him. They refused to come. It wasn't that they couldn't come. They chose, they refused, and they took the position to reject and refuse the invitation of their Savior, the Meshua, amen, being in their presence. And we understand that, that some, amen, uh, some left, some refused to come, and the rest, amen, they just murdered and, and shamefully treated, amen, the servant who went to bring them into the invitation. We understand that this is the, the, the whole group of apostles along with Jesus Christ. He was crucified by his own, amen? He was crucified by his own. Also, we know that John the Baptist was beheaded for standing for righteousness. Amen. We understand it. Paul the Apostle, amen, uh, after his transformation on his road to Damascus, amen, he was also beaten and, and imprisoned and so forth and so on. Shamefully treated, amen. Now, I want you to understand this. When Jesus turned that, amen, when God turned that through Jesus to the Gentiles, amen, that opened it up for everyone else, amen. And we are going to feel, or if we look at it like this, because we are not his chosen Jewish or the Jewish nation, but we are the Gentiles, amen, the unchosen, amen. Many were called, but few were chosen, amen. We are his chosen people, and we fill that banquet hall. See, the, the, king is, the, the king is God the Father, and the Son, who is being honored at the banquet, is Jesus Christ, who came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him in John 1, 11. Israel held the invitation to the kingdom, but when the time actually came for the kingdom to appear, amen, they refused to believe it, and many prophets, including John the Baptist, were murdered in Matthew 14, 10. Look what Matthew 3, 1 says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Matthew 4, 10 says, and he sent and had John beheaded in prison. The king's reprisal against the murderers can be interpreted as a prophecy, you know, uh, 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 the prophecy of the book of, or actually, you know, let me jump back here. The king's reprisal against the murderers can be interpreted as the prophecy, amen, uh, in the book of Revelation. Amen. Now, we have to understand this, amen, because they refuse to believe, and we see all this, amen, we can see that the interpretation, amen, of the prophecies, amen, of Jerusalem's destruction in AD 70 at the hands of the Romans, Luke 21, 5. And, when, and while the, some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he said, he said, amen, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, teacher, will these things be? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said to them in verse eight, see that you are not led astray for many will come in my name saying, I am he. And the time is at hand. Do not go after them. Verse 9. And when you hear of wars and turmoils, 
Amen. Do not be terrified for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. The end will not be at once. Luke 21 verses 5 through verses 9. Amen. When we see this, amen, we see that the king reprisal uh, against the murderers can be kind of found, well, can be interpreted in that prophecy of the, of the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. But more broadly, the king's vengeance speaks of the desolation mentioned in the book of Revelation. God is patient, but he will not tolerate wickedness forever. Look at Obadiah, amen, 115. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the nations, and you have done, as you have done, it shall be done to you. Your deeds shall be returned on your own heads. Come on, somebody. God is patient, but he will not tolerate wickedness forever. His judgment will come upon those who rejected his offer of salvation. Considering what the salvation cost Jesus, it should be understandable that this is, will be well deserved. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 29. In verses 30, how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by one who has trampled underfoot the son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has and has uh, outraged the spirit of grace? For we know him who said vengeance is mine. Vengeance is mine. Now, I want you to understand this, amen, as we take a look at this, amen, that uh, it, when we say it, amen, it's not that they would not come. They could not come, that they were being oppressed or opposed to being able to be there at the wedding. It's that they chose not to come. They chose that they would not come. Luke 13, 34. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Luke. 1334, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her own brood under her wings and you were not willing. You were not willing. Everyone had an excuse. How tragic and how indicative, uh, uh, indicative, amen, of the human nature that to be offered the blessings of God and to refuse them because of the draw of the mundane, everyday things. You got to catch this. You got to understand this, amen. We, I mean, indicative, amen, of human uh, response, amen. Our, our humanity, amen, is just foolish, amen. Our flesh. It is deceiving and destructive, amen. We have the blessings of God being invited before us. We just refuse to, to, uh, to, to walk in those things. We refuse, amen, to, to be part of what God is, is offering us in his blessings through Jesus Christ and salvation because of the excuses of mundane things. I have to do laundry. I have to go grocery shopping. I have to clean the house, amen. I have to go to work. I have, and you know, it's amazing, amen, when you sit back 
amen, especially as a fivefold ministry in the office of God, amen, many times, amen, we sit back and we observe, amen, how we'll do all these things. I said this on Sunday. We'll do all these things for the glory of the world. We'll take chances, even at times, bend, stretch, and even break law of the land. But when it comes to God's kingdom, we'll use it for our own discord to be able to say, I won't go. I won't come because of these mundane things. Oh, because I, I have to get my kids ready for tomorrow for school. I, I, I have to do this today because if I don't do it today, I'm not going to spend my day of rest on Saturday or Sunday. I'm not going to do anything. And we find all these, these, these excuses, amen. But really what it is, amen, we are just uh, being indicative, of, amen, of the human response, amen, the human nature, amen, to just say no to God and what he's offering in his blessings for you and I. The wedding invitation is extended to everyone, anyone and everyone, amen, total strangers, both good and bad. And this refers to the gospel being taken to the Gentiles, amen. This portion of the parable is foreshadowing of the Jews' rejection of the gospel in Acts chapter 13. Paul and Barnabas were in Presidian, amen, Antioch, where, where the Jewish leaders strongly opposed them. Remember I said they were beaten and in jailed, imprisoned, amen, uh, and imposed them, amen. The apostles' words echoes the king's estimation that those invited to the wedding did not deserve to come. We have to speak the word of God to you first, is what he says in Acts chapter 13, 46. Since you rejected and did not consider yourself worthy of eternal life now, and we now turn to the Gentiles. The gospel message Jesus taught would be made available to anyone and everyone from that moment forward. The matter of the wedding garment is instructive. It would be a gross insult to the king to refuse to wear the garment provided to the guest. Amen. The man who was caught wearing his old clothing. This is how we're going to transition. Amen. Into old wineskin and new wineskin series. Amen. He, he was caught. This man was caught wearing his old clothing. Learned what an offense it was as he was removed from the celebration. He did not put on the wedding garment that was provided for him. This is reference to salvation and transformation, to seek righteousness, not sinfulness, amen, to seek holiness, amen, and not unrighteousness. Come on, somebody. And so in that, amen, we see that he was removed, amen. And that's going to segue us, amen, into our series, New Wineskin. See, this was Jesus' way of teaching the inadequacy of, of self-righteousness. From the very beginning, God had provided a covering for our sins, meaning Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your and I and my sin, amen, to insist on covering ourselves to be uh, clad in filthy rags. See, I want you to understand this, amen, for time's sake, amen, you know, we can go into all the understandings of Adam and Eve trying to cover their shame and they found lick, uh, fake trees. But then God took that away from uh, their handmade clothes and replaced them with skins uh, of, of, of sacrificed animals. I mean, that's just like you and I. He took away our man-made uh, destruction, amen, because of the fallible sense uh, of, of Adam and Eve and the fallible 
amen, in their sinfulness, amen, and the fall of man. And so today we have handmade and man-made a covering of the unrighteousness, like filthy rags. But then God still then gives us, amen, a clothing, amen, not with the sacrifice of animals like in Adam and Eve, but today with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. We are covered by the blood. And so when you think about those times when we gone out and we started to speak things like, you know, I'm covered by the blood, you know, of the Lamb of God. Amen. It is not a symbolic and alone. Amen. It is the actual crucifixion, death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Just as the king provided, amen, the garments for his guests, God provides a, a, a salvation for all mankind. Our wedding garment is the righteousness of Christ. Unless we have it, unless we're in it, unless we're functioning within it, we will miss the wedding feast. Are you getting that today? We will miss the wedding feast. When the religions of the world are stripped down to their basic tenets, we either find man working his way towards God or we find the cross of Christ and that cross is the only way to salvation. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, amen, when it's stripped down, when, when, when all the religions of the world are stripped down to the basic bare tenets, amen, you and I will either find ourselves as man or find man, or man will be found by God and, and the Lord Jesus on his return, amen, either working his way towards God, working, I want you to catch this, working his way towards God, or find we find the cross of, of Christ Jesus, amen, which is the way and the only way to salvation. I want you to catch this. You know, it's, when we turn around and we try to play this, you know, Sunday we talked about, amen, the 10 virgins, the five that were ready, the five that weren't, the five that were true believers and the five that were not true believers, they were false, amen. They weren't prepared. They did not carry the extra. They did not have, amen, the anticipation of the longevity that it would take, amen. They just came and they thought, amen, that they're fellow believers, amen. And we talked about this on, on Sunday. If you missed that message, amen, go back, amen, to the 529 uh, uh, Sunday morning message, amen. Uh, you you got to catch this, amen. We talked about in that parable, it was symbolic, amen. That there were five true believers and they were ready. They were always in preparation, and when the other five that were false believers, we were talking, we referenced, amen, the, the, the example, amen, that they thought that their believing fellow brethren and sisters, amen, in the Lord, that they would be able to get into eternity. They would find salvation through their salvation, through their faith, through their preparation, through their consistency, through their righteousness. And how do we see that? Because five were ready. They had their, and they turned to the other five and said, no, listen. Listen, you go where they sell the oil and you buy for yourself. For we might find ourselves not enough with our own and for you to be enough. So those that were five, that were foolish, they left and they went and they found the oil and they bought oil. And they came and the doors were shut. 
they were not let into the wedding feast. Amen. We see that. Amen. So they had enough time to go and look and buy and everything else. But there's a difference. Amen. When when and I said this on, on Sunday, amen. sometimes, amen, you're going to find yourself that, you know, you're going to end up with your oil. OK, fine. You get your oil. But you may not be able to know how to trim that lamp if you have not trimmed it before. Let me give you an example. Amen. Uh, I, I've gone out and I bought emergency food, amen, uh, backpacking food, uh, MREs, amen, uh, uh, for my son, amen, and I've, I've gone through the process of, of making it, amen, and, and, and playing with the water to, you know, water to uh, uh, product ratio. I've took an even, um, you know, just instant white rice, amen, where I don't need to uh, cook the rice or, or boil the rice or add anything to it. I don't have a steamer out there, amen, and so I just got a little fire, and so I throw some rice in there, and then I, 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 then I have to learn to, to work with the water-rice uh, ratio so it doesn't come out too mushy and then come out too dry, and so by practicing and preparing and being skillful for, skillful for that, amen, then when it does, if because it's gonna happen, he says, "Listen, if you hear the rumors, if you if you see the turmoil, don't don't be fearful. Don't worry about that. Those things need to happen. We know we're gonna go through challenging times." He said, "If you hear rumors of war and so forth and so on, don't be troubled. It's going to happen, and then the, the end's not even gonna be near. It's not even gonna be at once." And so the reality is, Amen. That, that these five that went and got oil. They're trimming lamps for the first time. How is that? Because if you think about that parable, we learned on Sunday, there were 10 versions. They all came with their lamps. They had oil. And, 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 and because of the foolishness of not having backup oil, they trimmed their lamps. And by the next day, amen, and by the evening of that time, they did not have any oil. Yet those, those five that were ready, prepared, amen, and were true, considered true believers, truly walking in the righteousness of God and seeking the righteousness of God. They had their oil in their lamps. They trimmed those lamps because now they're going to the bridegroom's home. And, and as they're going there, they still have an extra little bit of oil and they had enough to get them through the longevity of waiting for the gates to be open. The others, amen, they just turned that thing on and they let it burn. I have flashlights that I'll switch back and forth, amen, from 100 lumens to 150 lumens to 400 lumens. I don't just turn it on to 400 lumens and let it burn out in 30 minutes and wonder why my flashlight won't work, amen. Many times I'll, I'll burn it on the low, amen, on a 100 lumens, amen. And with that 100 lumens, I'll try to do everything. I'll even turn it to red so, so I keep the mosquitoes away when I'm out there in the outdoors, and then I'll turn on the 100 when I need it real quick to, to see something. And then when need, when necessary and I need bright light, then I'll flick it to 150 or 450 or 1,000 lumens. But that'll be only for seconds. And then I trim it all the way back down or adjust it all the way back down to 100 lumens. And then I know at, at 100 lumens, I got 16 hours of battery life on my rechargeable flashlight. And I'm not talking about big flashlights, amen. You know, I got a. 100 lumen flashlight here amen and, and 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 here's the difference amen i got a i got a simple uh, flashlight amen it, just like those lamps i got this flashlight i want you to see this this little flashlight here is the same lumens as this big flashlight this is 100 this is 100 the difference is this takes batteries 
and this is rechargeable. However, this not only has 100 lumens, amen, but it also has 150 lumens. See that? 100 lumens? I want you to just see this. 100 lumens? 100 lumens? See, they're both the same. 100 lumens? 100 lumens? The difference is this one on my right is smaller and will go to 150. Look at this. Look at the difference. You can see the difference there. 150 and 100. And so what I'm talking about is that I won't leave this on 150 because it only has like maybe an hour at that in this little. So I'll trim it down to my little 100. And I'll use this because it has 16 hours on just 100. You get what I'm saying? So they trimmed their lamps. They knew how to operate that flashlight. The reality is if you'd never worked this flashlight, it gave it to you, you wouldn't know how to turn it on. You wouldn't even know. Look, there's not. you can't even see. You would have to understand you got to turn it all the way. You think it's going to fall apart, but that's how you expose the charger. Look at that. If you've never used it and then you have to turn it back, the other way, then to turn it on, and then to turn it on, and I already know the adjustment of it. And so I have it to where I'm setting. If I have to bring up my key, I know I only have a couple of turns to turn it on. See, that's what I'm saying. See, the reality is, amen, you, if you're not practicing righteousness, when you need righteousness, you won't know how to attire yourself in the righteousness of God. You're getting this tonight, amen? You're going to find man working towards God. Amen. His way towards God, or you're going to find the cross of, of, of Christ Jesus, which is the way of salvation. In other words, we always say, oh, well, I'm trying to work. I'm, I'm trying to work. No, listen, you have to be in the cross of Calvary of the salvation that God gives you and I and setting forth, amen, to live righteously. Amen. I want you to just, just take this, amen, in this, uh, for his crime against the king. Uh, the improperly attired guest, uh, attired guest is thrown out into darkness. For their crime against God, there will be many who will be consigned to outer darkness. Existence without God for eternity. That's what it stands for. Christ concludes the parable with the sad fact that many are invited. Many are called. Many are invited, but few are chosen. In other words, many people hear the call of God but only a few heed that call of God. Now, I have a question for you tonight as I get ready to close. Are you listening? Are you responding? Are you taking heed to the call of God? And if you're not being called by God, it's the reason why we will be cast out into outer darkness, an existence without God for eternity. Amen. To summarize this point, amen, the parable of the wedding feast, God sent his son into the world, and the very people who should have celebrated his coming rejected him, bringing judgment upon themselves. As a result, the kingdom of heaven was open to anyone and everyone who was able, who will sit, set aside his own righteousness and, 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 and by a faith accept the righteousness of God which he provides through Jesus Christ, amen?
those who spur the gift of salvation cling instead to their own good works will spend eternity in hell. Let me repeat that again. Those who spurn the gift of salvation reject, defile, stomp on the gift of salvation and cling instead to their own good works will spend eternity in hell. Amen. So you got to understand this. Amen. As a result, this kingdom, amen, is open to anyone. See, he, those who will set aside our own righteousness, our own way, our own choices, our own desires. And by faith, accept the righteousness of God that God provides in Christ. That's why many times when you struggle with faith, It'll be the same struggle that you will struggle with in dealing with your own righteousness, your own way of thinking, your own way of decisions, your own way of life, and you will struggle with accepting the way of Christ and the way, the life of Christ, rather than the way of life that you choose, which is your own. See, that's why it is impossible, as it says in Hebrews, amen, impossible to please God without faith. The self-righteous, like the Pharisees who heard this parable, did not miss Jesus' point. In the very next verse, in Matthew twenty-two fifteen, the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his own words. And the parable of the wedding feast is also a warning to you and I, amen, that we must make sure we are relying on God's provision of salvation and not on our own good works or religious service. Religious service, amen, is just doing an act or a function without any meaning, love, and heart, and tribute to Jesus Christ, who is the Savior, who is the Son of God, and is worthy as a Lamb of God to be worshipped. I want you to catch that tonight. And I challenge you to think about this. What's your take on this? Because the reality is, if we do not make sure we're relying on God's provision by living by faith, by living by his movement, by living through his hand of provision. Then we're only trusting in our own decisions, in our own abilities, in our own choices, our own good works. And at times, our walk with God is just a religious service. We're coming to church, amen, out of habit we're coming to church out of motion to avoid commotion i want you to catch that we're coming to church as a motion to avoid con yeah. listen we're coming to god out of emotions out of habit so that we can avoid commotion what that commotion could be that many men will come to church just to appease their wife, to keep them off their back. Wives will come to church and serve God and try to be obedient and honorable. And, and Proverbs 31 women, amen, women of God and, and, and virtuous women just to, you know, keep the husband in line, amen, or off their back. Children will appease their parents, amen, just to. Avoid the commotion 
that comes forth, amen, when they're being addressed, amen, and why they're not paying attention to church and all these other things. And I want to tell you this, amen, we can't live and serve God on our own works. And we cannot, amen, do it by the means and the way of religious service with no heart, with no commitment, with no transformation. In other words, with that old ways, this, this, this guest that came in, he tried to enter the wedding feast, amen, with his old garments. He tried to uh, get in there his own way. In other words, they said, this is the dress code. This is the dress attire. And he refused to put on that attire and come in his own outfit. And he was rejected, cast out, thrown out of the wedding feast. The only way to God is through Jesus Christ. The only way through to God is through salvation. And that's the cross of Calvary. And if you don't understand that, amen, it calls for a life of transformation. It calls for a spirit of deliverance and being set free from our old ways. Many of us, amen, can walk and say, well, I've done this this week and I've done this that week and everything else, but it's our own doing. Have we walked in the faith? I'm telling you every day, this is all you have to do is sit down and have coffee with me and you will hear, amen, the understanding of what it is to live by faith. To live by faith every day, day in, day out. Constantly, amen, knowing that God is on the throne and that I can't do anything to change my circumstances. Amen. One of the greatest things that I've experienced in this hand of God's provision is when I was forced, amen, uh, and, and not, not, not forced by forcing my hand. When I was forced to choose this in real life, when I was forced, amen, to come to this crossroad, was I going to make sure I was relying on God's provision of salvation or on my own good works or religious service? People would call me pastor at work and the young youth, young adults that I would work around, they would, they would know me as Pastor Ray, amen. And I would talk a good talk, amen, right? And when it came down to being totally reliant on God and his provision, amen, it came down in 2011 and 2012 and 2013, amen, when I would eventually go through sickness, my wife, my son going through puberty and, and relapsing back, amen, uh, resetting, amen, to the early days of his autism, and, and having the, the need to provide for my family and so forth and so on, having a ranch in San Dimas with horse stables and everything else, and then saying, Lord, this is mine. This is what I've been doing. You know, and, and when God called me, I didn't want to be that one that wasn't chosen. So I said, God, choose me then. Choose me. And this is what I'm saying. I was forced to make that decision. And in that decision, I realized, amen, Yes, I've been able to do these. Yes, these are things that I've done. I, I've worked, amen. I come every day and God grants me the day of life and everything else. But religious service, amen. Yes, I wanted to give it all to him. And I was forced, amen, to totally rely on him. And what I mean by that, amen, I had to make a choice, amen, to come and rely on him on a fixed income. And for our next year in 2013 will be 10 years of working, amen, in the spirit of God's provision by faith and faith alone. Out of those 10 years, amen, out of those 10 years, four to five of those years, amen, were, I mean, solid four years, amen, were, were with, with no income at all and just believing God, believing God and his provision.
and trusting in that. Not by what I could do and not by religious service, amen, but, but truly having faith that if God didn't come through, we weren't going to make it. And knowing and understanding, amen, that, that if God wasn't going to provide for the church, that we were not going to stay open. And God miraculously just continues to show himself faithful. So I tell you this, amen. Let's choose, amen, today to not come up with an excuse of why we won't come. And by the excuse of saying, I can't come, Pastor. I can't come, Jesus. I can't come, Lord. But rather acknowledge the fact that we just choose that we won't come. I mention this every time, like Wednesday night service, like tonight, or Friday night Bible studies, or Saturday morning prayer, and Sunday evening, uh, a Sunday uh, evening church service, amen. Yeah, we call it a different thing called gossiping, amen, gospel and sipping coffee, amen, to break open the Bible, amen. It's amazing when people ask me, well, what, you know, when are we going to have Bible study? Whenever you show up. Well, what do you want to Every Friday, amen. Every, you know, this is the reality of making myself available. Amen. I'm here. I'm here every Friday. In prayer, amen. You want early morning prayer? Come join me. Five o'clock in the morning. When, uh, a Thursday through Sunday. Come on, somebody. Sometimes Wednesday if I'm in town. By Wednesday morning. But Thursday through Sunday. Come on. We have Bible studies, we have Bible classes, we have discipleship classes, we have leadership training, we got all kinds of things, amen? But some will say, I can't, I can't come, Pastor, I can't do it, Pastor. Some will say, oh, I'll try, but I, oh, I can't make it. No, you just won't make it, because we're doing what we think what's best for us. Trust God and rely on his provision. To see you through everything you have to decide and choose to do. Come on, somebody. It's been a very simple principle of discipline. Nothing is more important than my two hours at church of being part of the body of Christ. For some of us, it's four hours. Some of us, it's eight hours. Some of us, it's three hours. But at the minimum, I'm going to show up at church at 10 o'clock and leave at 12 o'clock. So be it. Get here a little early, then you've got three hours. Nothing, nothing, nothing. There's nothing. I don't care if my car is broke down on the side of the road. I do not care. There's nothing more important than my relationship with God. And that's the difference between religious service and righteous service. I can't live without you, Jesus. What's your thought on that? What's the difference of religious service? How do you distinguish the difference? This man came in with his own garment and tried to get in where he fit in. And God caught him and rejected him. So shall it be. If we try to come to God with good works and religious service, he's going to pull our card. He's going to expose us and he's going to throw us out. Let that not be you. And I pray every day, let it not be me, Lord. For many are called, but few are chosen. God bless you tonight. Father, we come before you. We thank you tonight.